it's uh it's the aftertime now. Uh how do you guys how do you guys feel? Wow. You know, tired, <laughs> scared. I don't think Sonya's okay. I do not think she's okay. Well, Sonya didn't even show up today. No, she is so sick from what happened. You guys, it's Wednesday, and you're listening to the spoiler alert Oscar wrap up show. And spoiler alert, the Oscars were kinda lame. Well, half lame. I'm Jeremy, and uh, I'm in the booth here with my co-host, Sean, Hello. and my, my guest co-host, James Brothrick. James, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. For those who don't know, James is our uh, recurring guy who comes in sometimes. I've been here twice now. And he is also the first winner yes. of the most spoiled, most alerted fan award. The... Yeah, the winner of the spoilies. Spoilies. We, we, spoiler d'or. We're gonna we're gonna come <laughs> we're gonna come up with a name <laughs> in the next year or so. But uh James is our guy. I really intended to bring the actual award. Oh. To just show it off to Yeah. Well you know no. you don't want to be that pompous. Yeah, I'm sure it's getting fitted in a shadow case. So <laughs> you didn't need to like <laughs> you don't, no one needs to carry, that to carry around their two sided cardboard three headed Oscar. Well I have two <laughs> Cardboard Oscars at That's home. True. I was intending to bring them both. Yeah, also, you're I, a bit of the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't go there, Sean. Don't go there. Uh, last week, as I'm sure you're aware, if you listened to the show, we talked about what was gonna, what we thought was gonna go down on Sunday night, past Sunday, which was Oscar night, mm -hmm. and now it is the next Wednesday, and we're here to talk about it. Um, I must say, I'm pretty surprised at a bunch of the things that went down. James was not in any way, shape, or form, so we'll talk about that. I was also yeah. very surprised at the speed of the Oscars. I was very pleasantly surprised at that. They kept, like, that was such a tight ship. They just went right through. Yeah, it just barely over three hours. They yeah. still went over by a little bit, and poor Whiskey Cavalier had to be delayed <laughs> in some parts, I imagine. Which is why I won't buy it. Did you watch Whiskey Cavalier? I have not watched okay. Whiskey Cavalier. <laughs> Whiskey Cavalier is the show that ABC was trying to slip in after the Oscars to premiere it and oh, get some buzz. And it has Scott Foley of Scandal and such. <laughs> oh, dear. And, and people like to look at Scott Foley, but yeah, I, I was done for the night. The having no, get, or no host... Is so nice. They don't have to do all these dumb transitions. Yeah, they just have the hosts or like the presenters do their d own dumb transition. I, I could have done and with barrels a, through. I could have done with a few more bits though, like the Melissa McCarthy bunny dress. That was funny, but you know you got Keegan Michael Key descending from the ceiling, then simply announcing a thing and then presumably going back up. I don't know. But uh, I feel like bits are tough because bits get clunky very fast. Maybe. And I oh. feel like it was easy for my, uh, King and Michael Key to just fly down. And it was like <laughs> a great moment. And then he didn't have to do anything more about it. They took off again. Yeah. They didn't have as many high concept bits, but they had presenters who were well paired and kind mm -hmm. of unusual yeah you know mm -hmm. you had aquafina you had uh, john mulaney together yeah. up on stage and they, they had were a little bit of time funny. to riff yeah. and it felt natural yeah i didn't really care for the best picture announcers who were just these odd grouping of tom morello's and i can't even think who else barbara streisand what? i was what? so here for what? barbara what? streisand getting up <laughs> did you know that barbara streisand got in touch with the academy is like I am going to present <laughs> Best Picture nominee Black Klansman. Should they probably were like, for the stars born? She's like, oh, no. No. Uh, black Klansman. They've never done that. She's but like, and I have a black beret, but it's sequined. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was so strange the way that they had, and I don't know why, uh, for Vice, they had Tom Morello, but I don't know why Dick Cheney didn't come on and present his movie. I what no possible idea. reason could there be? <laughs> I don't know what Dick Cheney would have against this movie. I'm sure when a strong conservative filmmaker makes the Rage Against the Machine tear down movie, Tom Morello will come and present it at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's the world we live in, gentlemen. Uh, okay, let's let's get right into this. Let's dive into it. Best Picture. Yeah. What happened? Did anyone predict this? The first and foremost. Um, honestly, no, it, cause it came when I feel like when I first heard about Green Book, it was not received well by audiences nor critics. And mm -hmm. then it kind of disappeared, but then it like had some really big, it built momentum somehow. And then I really, and then it had a major controversy mm -hmm. backlash. And then I was like, so second time it got killed, like it's probably dead now. And then it's not. Yeah. 
It keeps rising. It just like a zombie, James. Yeah, there weren't a whole lot of nominations for Green Book and The Night no. of, but you know, once you saw it winning Best Original Screenplay, you could see a much better path mm-hmm. for it. Well, it's the the footprint of it for all the other awards pointed to Oscar, because there's all sorts of other awards that it has won mm-hmm. that typically. Best pictures have won in the past. Yeah, but some of those are also pretty spread out. You know, if you look at any of the best picture nominees, you know, they're like I think what Bohemian Rhapsody did well with like the Actors Guild. Yeah, I think uh, Bohemian Rhapsody also did well with the Editor Guild, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe the Favorite did well with the Baftas, and there's just a, a very widespread of awards among them. Mm-hmm. So that was making it hard to predict. Yeah. But just I, oh, nominees sorry. on the night of, it just felt like there there wasn't enough momentum going there. And especially with the ranked ballot for the best picture, mm-hmm. I would assume that Green Book wouldn't be enough people's number one, two, or three choice to kind of make it through that process. Well, I, I was wondering if it was, you know, number one and two were so varied, but number three was just Green Book. If that's, Green if, Book. if that's what pushed it ahead yeah. maybe it all it's just oh this is just so not gonna date well at all no. <laughs> like it's definitely like another sort of crash situation but even i feel like when crash one it took like a year or so of like reflection for people to be like oh yeah that was really messed up mm-hmm. where this is like people like spike lee tried to leave yeah i think he did leave i think he i think they were like they got him to do press but he just like and then when asked about it he just said next question because well, and that's the thing we should touch on, too. All right. James, what? if you've listened to the show, Sean fully knows that I am still upset about Do the Right Thing and its loss in 1990 or 91. And the fact that they thought Black <laughs> Klansman was going to be the one to win it for him hurts my head. Like, it literally does not make sense. Does it hurt your head that Nick Vallelonga or whatever? Nick Vallelonga. Vallelonga has another <laughs> more Oscars than Spike Lee it, now. It, it, it does a little bit. <laughs> But um, and more than many people, more I, than Glenn Close, more than oh, man. Christopher Nolan, the snubs, <laughs> the snubs, Tim Burton. <laughs> you have a list, many, huh? <laughs> I wrote down a few that I was like of people that only that have not won any, but oh, there's probably man. a million that have only won one Oscar. Yeah, yeah. that it still have less Oscars than Nick Fallion. <laughs> Why do I can't remember this name? Vallelonga. Vallelonga. Yeah. yeah. I In like the movie. It's easy because you just call him Tony Lip. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the lip. Because I talk a lot. I only watched, I could only get through half. It felt, it was so, it was such a bummer that there was like this character, Dr. Shirley, who was like uh, a huge composer, like such an accomplished musician Mm -hmm. and genius in like the 50s. And so that, and like uh, had some like queer undertones too. And it was just like, there's this amazing man, but we'll make him play this crappy straight man to the lip who is the most anno- like why do we even care about this man uh, i i i had a thought later th- or earlier this week about green book and it didn't occur to me until i realized that the character of it's dr shirley right that's the was the supporting actor yeah so the movie was about the lip it was yeah. the lips you, it could be it could be called the, like, like he's the main guy. It could have been called The Lip. Like, that yeah. might be a more appropriate title. It would fit in with uh, the Farrelly Brothers, like, titles better. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dumb and Dumber, The Lip. <laughs> well, and even right after the nominations came out, that's when also there was the stories about Peter Farrelly showing his penis on set that came out right afterwards. And <laughs> this that, I did not hear. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he, uh, it was like his big joke, flashing his penis. And he admitted to it afterwards and apologized. To and be fair, my dong is out in the studio as well. So. <laughs> and it is hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, but right after the nominations, there was also that Nick Vallelonga tweet that uh, kind of resurfaced. Did you two see this at no, all? I I've, no, I've not seen it. When Donald Trump was uh, talking about how Muslims celebrated after 9-11. Nick Vallelonga tweeted at Donald Trump to see, say, yeah, I saw them celebrating on rooftops after 9-11. <laughs> and, you know, Peter Farrelly apologized, Nick Vallelonga apologized, but uh, producer Octavia Spencer mm-hmm. uh, also came out and apologized. Well, she didn't apologize, but just tried to contextualize the movie to say that this movie is about uh, Tony Vallelonga's journey 
and him kind of coming to this place where he's, you know, changed his point of view and everything. Right. And the question is, within that movie, can you really make it past the moments where he's throwing out drinking glasses that have been Ugh, it's, touched by black people? It's so mm-hmm. annoying. You know? I, like, <laughs> I was just like, this is... Ugh, it was so rough to get through, and I did only get through half. Also, what was annoying about Green Book is it also won Best Original Screenplay, mm-hmm. which is like... Is that <laughs> was uh that didn't seem like a strength of the movie necessarily. No, no. You know, there are moments in that movie where it feels like it's trying to be kind of writerly in some ways or try to be eloquent, but they all feel extremely on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> and even and, like Mahershala got best supporting actor for it, uh which he's deserves an award. Mm-hmm. But for this I don't like I felt like all he was doing was like Hey, don't do that. Or like, <laughs> you pick that up. You pay for that. Yeah. And it was like, this is all you're doing is just a. Uh, ugh, he was rough. It also it felt like a very minor win in a category that also had Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Is yeah. like Sam that Elliott is an amazing supporting actor. Like I w- loved Can You Ever Forgive Me. Yeah. Oh boy, and he is so good in that. Can You Ever Forgive Me is only going to age better and better. I think. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I I was surprised at the win for Green Book at, in any way, shape, or form, from best supporting to screenplay to best picture, because I didn't pick it for anything. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't I did not think it was going to win a single thing, and that was purely out of the fact that I think the Oscars is now sort of a context based selection, and I thought that because of the stuff surrounding it, it was just sort of out. And then to see it win so much, you know, you start to question, you know, okay, how are they picking these things? Like, what who are is, these voters? Yeah. Because yeah. is is it just the best picture that you rate, or is it everything? Best picture is the only one that's ranked. Really? God. Yeah. Man. So they they selected that screenplay. They picked it. Yeah. Yeah, like that they, was the majority one. Wow. And that, that could be a little bit easier, because something can slip through if it gets, you know, 30 or 40% of the vote, that's if everything true. else is spread out enough. But I was also thinking about who the voters are because ever since Oscar's So White, the Academy has undergone a very conscious change towards inducting more members who are white or people, not white. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. More who are, white um, people. Who are women or people of color or non-binary or mm-hmm. any of those categories. And they've produced some pretty strong measurables yeah. uh, in those categories. And I think when you see Moonlight, win Best Picture, or even last year when Three Billboards had so much popularity Mm -hmm. and Shape of Water comes out to win Best Picture, I kind of think, well, maybe the Academy actually is changing and maybe it is progressing. Yeah. Uh, And Green Book really makes me wonder how how far that progress has come or how much we have misread that voting body up till now. Maybe it's just Mega's last last gasp, (laughs) (laughs) but probably not. But no, I I do think it it has become more of less of a objective selection which until a few years ago is what i thought or assumed it was i guess to now you, you know uh well if i vote for this what does that make me you know as a as an oscar voter or i well there's there's still stuff about have they all seen these every film which i still doubt yeah you know it, that's hard to do i mean maybe hopefully they watch all the best <laughs> the best uh <laughs> The best pictures, but who knows? Yeah. You know, who knows? Well, hopefully when it's just eight pictures at the top, you've watched those ones at least. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, we're going to move on to Let's my next Let's get away from my next question. All right, so here's here here it is. I really wish Sonya were here because I feel like she would fight tooth and nail here. Sonya hates Green Book, by the way. She wanted oh, to yeah, she would say like that everyone to know, to know that. Um, uh, you are listening to 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, and uh, that uh, is, we're on spoiler alert. I should have said that before I said the call, but it's okay. That's okay. They get it. Guys, was The Star is Born snubbed? It got, I feel like it got exactly the award it wanted or should have. Because <laughs> <laughs> ostensibly what we have here is a, a, a movie remake done by a pretty popular crew of people who did an interesting thing in making music during the production of a film that is unique, and I will give them that. But... You know, is this is this best picture material, or did what happened? Sh- did what should have happened happen? I think exactly what should have happened happened. Like mm-hmm. that song, 
for real for me was the best original song. <laughs> as I've said, is like that riff has been in my head for the last eight months and will be for more. And I continually tag people in it to this day. When Even they, if Bette Midler sings the other. <laughs> um, that, I, that was amazing. But... Sean, during that performance, you literally lit up. Like it was a, great. a twelve-year-old boy, you, you were, had so much glee in your eyes. Well, it's tough to sing. At, like that's a space that people don't usually do great vocal performances in because it's so tough. Um, like Jennifer Hudson can like blow the roof off of many a song, and it was kind of just like tough. Bradley Cooper was very pitchy, um, but like <laughs> Stephanie and Bet both had great, <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm glad you're familiar enough with her that you can call her Stephanie. Oh, we know each other. Yeah, yeah. a long time. <laughs> James, what do you think about uh, A Star is Born? It is bizarre how much it fizzled coming months before the Oscars even came up. Because mm-hmm. coming out of the Toronto International Film Festival, it was beloved by critics. It was released, and it was a huge commercial mm-hmm. hit. And it is, ex- is exactly the kind of movie that Oscars just eat up. It is baby AF. Yeah. It, it was like ma- bred for this and do- completely failed in every way. Yeah, like it, it <laughs> Aside garnered, from the best song. Yeah. It garnered the nominations. And I think in a, in a different year, like looking at the nominations it did receive, it could have easily been a contender in like 11 or 12 categories and be that huge kind of clean-up winner. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, whether it was Bradley Cooper kind of flubbing... Uh, campaigning for this thing, apparently, oh. or just the conversation turning. It just slipped away. I I think, personally, for me, it all stems from the voice he used throughout the entire film. Because <laughs> it is, is your... a travesty. Of It was so distracting. It took me out of it every, like, all this, every minute. I was like, why is he doing this? Why is that the selection that he made to sound more like that other actor? And then when he would sing, it was gone. Like, he couldn't do... Like, he would just stop and then switch. I feel like they could have gotten more sound awards if Bohemian Rhapsody was also not, uh, you know, a thing. <laughs> because I feel like all of the all of the bunch of sound stuff went to them, whereas Star is Born could probably have had a fighting chance with those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm not disappointed with what they got. I don't think they should be either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think it's weird because it's just like the Academy saying, you know, I really want pad thai. And they're presented <laughs> with this authentic, beautiful pad thai. And they're like, no, I don't want I this. Meant, and, man, and then somebody, <laughs> somebody brings in a plate of spaghetti and the Academy's just like, this is the best pad thai. Yeah, is, like, what do they actually want? <laughs> it's true. Um, we, well, we... As you all well know, we hosted slash attended with James here mm-hmm. the RPL Film Theater's uh, Oscar live event, uh, which was a lot of fun. Very fun. But, Minus uh, the shushy lady yeah. behind us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, James won the best picks. He picked yeah. 17 out of 24. My and wife picked 19 out of 24, but she could not attend the evening. Uh, picks. What, what was your Bohemian Rhapsody cleaned up and you used that? You used it well. Yeah, I I thought Bohemian Rhapsody would do well in the sound categories, mm-hmm. and it did. I think First Man was also kind of thought of in there. And First Man did wind up getting visual effects, which uh, I, I wish I would have gone there, but I just did not feel that First Man heat no, anywhere. I did not either. First Man, another movie that kind of came and went when it came to <laughs> Oscar conversation. Yeah. But uh, you thought Bohemian Rhapsody was going to win Best Picture. No, I, I put down Roma. You did. Roma was a kind of consensus pick among some people. Uh, It felt like, and even the night of, it felt like it could really be leading that Mm -hmm. way because the awards you expected it to get, Best Foreign Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Mm -hmm. which are all great precursor awards for the Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, You know, Roma cleaned all those up. I wonder if it was industry folk having um, a problem with a Netflix movie, and maybe that's what things up is that they're like this is messing with our whole production situation i don't know i'm not yeah. sure because it's 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 now like a force right it is mm-hmm. is now an, an entity that can make or break a, a picture mm-hmm. or a, a a show or any kind of grouping of pictures or anything and it's as a maker because i have looked into getting on netflix it is so much easier 
than anything else. It is it, they are like they are so willing to accept content that uh, I don't I don't see how it could be ignored at this point. Yeah. And the rules for Oscar like has to premiere in L.A. has to have this many uh, this amount of money has to you know have this amount of viewership and uh, I wonder if that's why something like Sorry to Bother You didn't make the Oscars. Right. Well, Sorry to Bother You, they just didn't run it. Like there wasn't enough money uh, around to run an actual Oscar campaign for it. Yeah, but again, I don't. I don't know that it does. A film have to campaign to? to oh, be totally. The, yeah. You think so? Oh yeah, no question. Really? Campaigning turns into a full time job. Right. They do it, and mm-hmm. it's it's certainly. But I do think it hurts the objectivism of what we all hoped this thing would be. Well, and it is kind of a big parade for <laughs> fans of Oscar. Yeah. Part of the fun is looking at, you know, watching the BAFTAs and wondering what the BAFTAs will mean and mm-hmm. hearing about all the industry suppers and screenings and all that kind of stuff and the governor awards and all that. It's the pageantry of it all. So like, much pageantry. Oh, my God. I don't think if you're, look, if you're looking for an objective or comprehensive idea of what the best films in a year were in any given category the mm-hmm. oscars aren't your bet no not a not in, at all doesn't make it any less interesting but that's true yeah but it is just very much sort of a particular town sort of flopping over on itself yeah. and you just need someone that will put in that work like lady gaga will book off time and just fully do an interview after interview <laughs> and like a red carpet after red carpet what's this thing about bradley cooper not doing his part i thought he was i thought he was out there he got into it late, and the idea, oh, yeah. I think, was that he didn't want to campaign as an actor. He wanted to campaign as a director, which is mm-hmm. kind of a, a different beast, apparently. Oh. But then when the conversation on Star is Born just kind of dissipated, that's when he finally kind of came out and he agreed to perform with Lady Gaga like mm-hmm. in weeks leading up to the awards and stuff like that. But mm. it <laughs> felt like too little too late. Oh, man, that performance, when they just are like... Head on each other's chest, like at a piano. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, oh my god! I think that was part of a viral campaign because there was a video where they did that exact thing at mm. one of her concerts that was being spread across the internet. Yeah. And so when I saw it on the Oscar, shot for shot, well, at least the blocking that they did was identical. So I, it was definitely a, you know, a tool to pump up at least the Gaga monsters, for sure. Pause up, baby. <laughs> is that is that a, is that a thing? Kind of. Oh, I feel like it used to be. <laughs> um, okay, moving right along. Uh, this whole best actress thing, James. I know you had some some comments around this, and I'll I'll give you. A, we got four minutes here before we got a break. So, what are you what are your thoughts? It is incredible that Olivia Coleman beat Glenn Close in best actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, because the favorite. You have three, what's essentially three leads. You have Olivia Colman, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weisz. And I would say that even, like, Emma Stone has more of a leading role than Olivia. Well, yeah, they they chose to run Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz both in supporting and Olivia in lead, Mm -hmm. which feels like it's supposed to pump up Emma Stone and and Rachel Weisz. Right. Somehow, Olivia Colman turned out... Swooped in. (laughs) She swooped? And another thing that we've heard, speaking of campaigning, she's Mm -hmm. been filming The Crown in UK, so she hasn't been able to be out on the campaign trail for the favorite. And so somehow this was just... uh, The win it really reminded me of was uh, when Mark Rylance beat Sylvester Stallone in Best Supporting, the year that Mark Mm -hmm. Rylance was in Bridge of Spies and uh, Sylvester Stallone was in Creed. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that was another, everyone assumed that the legacy person would win, and then a British actor uh, swooped, swooped, swooped in, in and, and then stole it away. The old, the old over the pond swoop. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I actually, yeah, it, I, Olivia definitely deserves it. It had mm-hmm. the best speech of the night for sure. Oh yeah. Um, Glenn is not done though. Like I feel like she's coming back because also, I, I enjoyed the wife and I enjoyed her performance, but it wasn't. Her, I don't think it was her best, or like it, it was fine. She mm-hmm. was great, but and also the clip they chose of her. I'll, I had quibbles with many of the clips that they chose. <laughs> they did not do a good job. I was just like, this clip doesn't not show For- her freaking out and like hitting things like uh, she does do in the film. Well, and they chose a clip with uh, 
<laughs> Christian Slater in it. Yes. Uh, that was also hilarious. When Remy Malik, his clip for Best yes. Actor is him just lip syncing with a wig on. Yes, it was not And lip syncing badly. Uh, there were some plot points given away. Like, actual, in some of those clips, especially early on in the show. And I remember, you know, like, do they, like, that's a main guy. They just shot him. And everyone just saw that. So if you haven't seen this movie, you're going to be like, doesn't this guy, like, <laughs> they just spoiled, they did worse than we do. <laughs> I mean, real spoiler thing. Um, oh, my God. But, like, I didn't think Ulitsa or Lady Gaga would get it because it's both of their first films mm -hmm. and even though that's not really a doesn't mean too much honestly but well and the oscars love to celebrate an ingenue they love an ingenue and they 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 love an ingenue for a lady and they love a a grizzled war horse for a man <laughs> yeah and then i was like maybe they'll give it to the grizzled war horse glenn close <laughs> they're not ready for that yet. yeah they're gonna have to we're gonna have to flex a bit more I don't think any movie with Max Irons being as pouty as he is in The Wife <laughs> should win any Academy he Award. He's so pouty. Uh, he's he's like this six foot tall man, and he's just so upset that his parents aren't getting along. He's, like, <laughs> he's also like, you guys don't even think I'm a good writer. He's like, and they're like, we don't. He's <laughs> like in his like late twenties, early thirties. Oh, I don't think any man of that age can get away with being that pouty for an entire movie. He was very sulky. He, yeah. he did it, you guys. As far as I'm concerned, he accomplished the pout. <laughs> oh, wow. So, okay. No, it wasn't good. Big Max Iron <laughs> fan? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I think we all deserve a, a nice break. Uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be right back. We're back. You're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, guys, do you have any idea uh, what uh, what time it is? The end of February. Oh, yeah. Yeah. James, yeah. any idea what time? Oh, it's about 6.30 or so? It's game time. For those who don't know, if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend all week looking for a title related to what we're talking about to ask these fine folks uh, what they think the movie's about. I tell them the name of the movie. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. I typically laugh at them. And we move on. Yeah. Are you two ready to play? I'm ready to I'm play the game. All right. This week's title is Oscar. 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 Who's going first, Sean? Do you have a Do you have an idea? I think I got an idea. Go what, do you, what do you got, James? Well, I'm pretty sure Oscar was hopping on to that prequel trend. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! Are you going to take what I was? Well, I think it's an odd couple prequel. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is what you're just got. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, you look at Oscar Madison and you wonder what happened before Felix Unger was in his life. Mm -hmm. are they, right, like, right. are they young men? Well, Felix Unger isn't there at all. It's oh, just he's Oscar Madison being a filthy young man, yeah. <laughs> it's just Walter Matthau being younger and filthier. And, just, and Walter uh, Matthau was filthy back then. Oh, yeah, no, he with, was great. Yeah, yeah. With no foil. <laughs> he's foilless. <laughs> the cigar is lighting fires everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that's that's what I got. Nice, Sean. Um, so I thought that it was a biopic about the um, earlier life of one Oscar, the Grouch, <laughs> <laughs> and just um, how he became to live on the street and sort of you know lead a uh, sort of how. You know, when he I gets laid off from the canning plant, exactly. <laughs> until he took one big can home with him. <laughs> Wait, the, he took the can home with him? Yeah, it wasn't he already just, in the street? <laughs> he well, he took the can to It was ironic. <laughs> wow, that is really bleak, Sean. It's tough. Yeah, I like how it gets a lot of awards. Though. just accepts his whole situation, and it's just fine for the fine folks at Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. no Sesame Street's been breaking boundaries. That's true. Okay, you guys, I, I've never heard or seen of... I've never... This is wild. Seen I can Oscar is a 1991 film uh, directed by John Landis, starring Sylvester Stallone and Miss Marissa Tomei. What? Oh. Yes. So Italian? Uh, so uh, Sylvester Stallone plays the father of Marissa Tomei, and he's like a... I thought this was going to be like a, a love thing. No, uh, like, John, <laughs> John Landis. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah, he plays the father of Marissa Tomei. She has gotten impregnated by Oscar and uh, the grouch. Anyway, he's trying to get her married off before this baby comes. And 
he is also a mob boss who's trying to turn good. Mm. And it's based off a, a stage play of the same name. It is crazy. It is so weird. It, I, I don't even know how this movie could exist. It is strange. And if you like that kind of stuff, watch it. Budget, $35 million. Box office, 2.35. 35 million back in 1991. That's mm-hmm. but not they did not recoup. They got 66 no, percent. No, no. So that one, that's a flop, gentlemen. But, Count me uh, skeptical. I don't know if uh, if Sylvester Stallone could pull that off. I no, don't think have he got <laughs> one of our preeminent Italian filmmakers, Nick Palalanga, <laughs> <laughs> to create it. Anyway, when I found that, I was like, "What? How have I not heard of this movie?" Okay. Today we're talking about the Oscars. Oh, I've, can we yeah. thank uh, our sponsor? Yeah, we have to thank our sponsor. <laughs> the, the, the guest remembered to do the thing <laughs> I'm supposed to do. That's of course brought to you by the RPL Film, Film Theater, the best theater in town. And uh, I've also got this huge uh, sheet of paper I got to read here. What's on that? Uh, the CJTR's Look and Listen Lottery is on right now. It's an important fundraiser and gives you the opportunity to buy tickets to win a grand prize trip you're choosing from one of four great destinations. Where are these places? Anaheim. Orlando, Toronto, Niagara Falls. Flight accommodations, $500 spending cash are included. Second prize is a $1,000 travel voucher. Third prize, Regina Folk Festival Experience Package, which includes two weekend passes to Folk Fest this August. If you buy your tickets by March 20th, you are eligible for an additional early bird prize. Tweet, tweet. Of a $500 travel voucher and two tickets to Regina Folk Festival concert Friday night of the festival. Lottery tickets are 20 bucks, and there are only 1,200 available. Sean just told me that there are only seven left, so hurry. I don't know where I heard that. The draw true. date will occur <laughs> on air, 8.45 a.m. on Friday, May 3rd. Tickets can be purchased at CJTR's website, slash donate. The uh, CJTR offices down here on 1102 8th Avenue, or by calling the radio station at 306-525-7274 during regular office hours, Monday to Friday. Buy those ticks, you guys. God, you gotta you can't argue with Orlando. <laughs> I go to Orlando. Yeah. Can I ask you two a question real yeah. quick? Did you two see Frank Stallone's Instagram post post Oscar? No. No. So last time Frank Stallone was in the news about Instagram post Oscars because he was very mad that Mark Rylance uh, beat his brother. <laughs> <laughs> the Stallones are all very the close. Stallones are very invested. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Sly Stallone, every time he goes to one of Frank Stallone's concerts, he's always Instagramming from the audience. And after Frank Stallone was so mad at Mark Rylance, Sly Stallone went on Instagram to be like, you know he's my brother, he loves me. <laughs> but this time, Frank Stallone was congratulating... Well, do you want to guess, Sean? I'm pretty sure he was congratulating... Mr. Nick. He Mr. Lips. <laughs> lips son. Lips, <laughs> lips Jr. Yeah. <laughs> the small lips. Yeah, oh, they're apparently buddies, and I'm sure that uh, Frank Stallone is looking forward to Nick Valonga's next movie, That's Amore. Okay, <laughs> he was going to say, did you hear the plot? So this man is now uh, an Academy Award winner two times, <laughs> and the next plot is a, a man that falls in love with like a pizza maker named Patty Amore. Uh, are you serious? It's like a, it's like a YTV plot, and I don't. <laughs> and it's so. is this is this the Hayden Christensen movie? No, Little that Italy? was Little Italy. Oh God, uh, Little Italy. Uh, you can go see that at the RPL uh, <laughs> next month. It's going to be part of Talkies, where oh, Jason Pfeiffer will be chatting over Little Italy. Uh, that is exciting. I would love uh, to see that. I will. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, all right. So you guys. Earlier this year, there was the possibility of having the most popular Oscar category. I was very against this and thought it might be like a social media poll the night before the Oscars. I think they should bring it back. I think they should really turn tail. I, I, after seeing what I have seen, I think that they should just call these things what they are, and that they should have a best picture or no most popular picture that is the sum of the money the film has made, what some people think about it, and then all of the social pressures surrounding it. 
So then there's just an algorithm that spits this movie out? Quite possibly, yes. At, in the next ten years, for certain. But um, so then, why why bother have the Academy do it? Why not have Billboard or Box Office <laughs> Mojo or something come up? With I'm that? not saying that we should take away what exists. I'm saying that we should now include Cause the Bill. I like. I do like the Billboard 100. So best. many. <laughs> so many people thought that was like a grab or like a sort of. I, like an olive branch to Black Panther to mm-hmm. be like we'll give you most popular yeah but Black Panther came away with a lot of like craft awards and like but, a lot of like people that like first time uh, like yeah black women who have won this award for the first time but I do think shocking that those perf- well performances that work is certainly Oscar worthy the costumes in Black Panther were incredible they were crazy they were completely Oscar worthy Ruth Carter uh, yeah, uh, absolutely amazing work. And I think that this year, technically speaking, the Oscars hit pretty true. Because a lot of the work that was sort of brought up in receiving Oscars was very good. And uh, I, I wonder if they should sort of just call it what it is, have some technical awards, have some, you know, industry-based social pressured awards, and then have some popular awards. I think the Oscars are for the Academy, which mm-hmm. is a group of working and, you know, recently retired <laughs> movie professionals. Uh, it's for them to say this is what we think the best movie is. Mm-hmm. And I think the award for having the most popular movie of making mm-hmm. Infinity War or Black Panther, in the end, it's a huge pile of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. An extra boat for, you know, one of the Eisners or something like that. <laughs> An extra boat. No, it's a boat for, to park their boat. They certainly have boats already. Oh, so boats on boats. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great year for Oscar speeches. Oh, I agree. And because so many of them seem so genuine, so, you know, exciting. Spike Lee got to say his thing, which was, I thought was... He at, also at least had, he like, got up there. five pages up there with he him. He did he have a lot. Gone, he had a lot. He could have gone in. There was a notepad that was ripped, and he... Yeah, and that was great, and also to have Samuel L. Jackson uh, give it to him, and then they're like, <laughs> they're big, like embrace was yeah. amazing, which is all the better because Spike Lee is what five feet tall, yeah, <laughs> Jackson, and also to have Brie Larson just like grinning in the background, <laughs> just like this is great. I also think some of the speeches from uh, some of the lesser known people are great, like the speech from the filmmaker Bao yeah. was wonderful. Oh, yeah. The speech yeah. from the filmmakers behind. The short doc winner, uh, period, end of sentence, mm-hmm. was great. Yeah, they were I good. thought the, uh, what's it called? The free solo. Free solo. I thought they mm-hmm. were very excited. You know, that's kind Funny. of that's kind of what you want to see, right? Just people freaking out. Because these are people that were, like, unrehearsed and mm-hmm. were just, like, fully affected by it. And that's why, like, pretty much everyone that Ryan Coogler hired when they won, it was like, <laughs> it was like the, all of those speeches were great. His like <laughs> Swedish like friend from college <laughs> that made the sound. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was hilarious. All right, on to the the part that everyone wants to talk about. It is number eight in my list of things: upsets and snubs. Hmm. What do you guys What do you guys got? What do you want to talk about? Can I jump in here, Sean? Yeah, get in. So, I think uh, Ludwig Göransson for best score was deserving. I think pretty much mm-hmm. everyone in best score was deserving to some degree. Um, I think the best score from that year was obviously Nicholas Bertel for um, If Beale Street Could Talk. Like That's mm-hmm. a phenomenal piece of yep. work. I also think Nicholas Bertel is going to be doing this for years and years mm-hmm. to come, and he will have plenty of chances to be awarded. I, I think he might be the next John Williams. Like, I think I, he'll I be think... the next uh, Alexandre Duplat. Where he just gets nominated every year, and even in years where he has two nominations, he can still win and not split the vote. Maybe. I don't know. But my big thought is, I think this should have been Terrence Blanchard's year for Black uh, Klansman. Mm-hmm. Like He's that. been working with Spike Lee for a million years. He's mm-hmm. never been awarded. And it was a great piece of work for him. It mm-hmm. was. It was good. It was like yeah. updated, like, black exploitation kind of. It was... It was fun. And folding in themes from Gone with the Wind and, I don't know, from all different sources and yeah. turning into one cohesive work, you know. It does a lot of the work in Black Klansman to kind of totally. make that thing flow. Yeah. No, it it was really great. Yeah. Do you have a snub in mind, Sean? Um, I don't know if snub because, but I thought that um, just Can You Ever Forgive Me in general. Mm-hmm. That's, like, on, that's on my list. Yeah, like I feel like 
she could have been nominated for Best Actress, or not Best Actress, Best Director, Mariel Heller. Um, obviously, Richard E. Grant, I feel like, should have got, or been more strongly considered for Supporting Actor. Um, and just in, I, when you were talking about things that had, that seemed to have a lot of hype and then fizzled quickly. I feel like on that was like Annihilation mm -hmm. um, and Vox Lux, I thought for some reason was going to be pretty big and then oh. also just like disappeared. Why did you think that was going to be? I was like, <laughs> never opened it. Awesome. <laughs> I know it, but when I heard like the plot and I was like, oh my God, Natalie Portman is like a pop star. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and it's just. You know, it dealt was just seems so dark and like celebrity, and everyone was like, "This is her, it's Natalie Portman's best performance." Have you have you seen Hardcore Logo? <laughs> no, I've not. The Canadian version of, uh, well, not really, but anyway. Oh wait, I think maybe I've no, talked about it before. And also, um, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" uh, seemed to have a lot of buzz about best documentary, mm -hmm. and then nothing, nothing. I. I kind of love the documentary branch of the Academy because yeah. they're just legitimately weird people. <laughs> they just, every year, their picks are just kind of uh, a little baffling, a little <laughs> tough to get a read on. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, there's a movie like, um, of God, or sorry, of uh, Fathers and Sons, mm -hmm. which was completely under the radar. I don't think anyone expected that to pick up a nomination, mm -hmm. and there it was. Mm -hmm. And Hale County This Morning, This Evening, which is a really interesting piece of work and would have gone by the wayside, presumably for a lot of Academy voters, had it not been nominated. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you guys one great moment from uh, of Fathers and Sons? Mm -hmm. Yes. So the filmmaker was embedded with... Um, it's a it's a subgroup of Al Qaeda, mm -hmm. and he kind of interviews and watches this one particular family and how the father interacts with his sons and how the sons kind of grow in their ideology and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But there's one just fascinating moment where the filmmaker asks the father, "So, like, what do you guys think of ISIS?" And the father's like, "You know, ISIS—they're doing great work. <laughs> We're different than ISIS. We have different <laughs> goals than ISIS, but they're doing great, great work." Well, yeah. I love their work. That's, uh, <laughs> well, they're certainly on some watch lists now. <laughs> but uh, uh, my snubs, I've got. I have to say, sorry to bother you, because it still hurts my bones that it, there was nothing. It feels like best screenplay is the great place for sorry to bother you. I, mean, to I, show up. I feel like there's a ton of stuff that. But uh, the other one that is an upset for me because I did think that it was very noteworthy was Vice, and I think that. It, it'll be kind of a thing where in 20 years people will talk about it as like an interesting piece of work, but it was just too far for people to like. I honestly, I think that its best picture nomination is as far as it's going to get because it's just too far in the fringe of what people like to see. But people really like The Big Short. But it wasn't, it wasn't very different. Uh, it was pretty derivative of The Big Short. It, it, it was, in my opinion, it was Adam McKay honing in on his thing. And where the big short was him directing a film, Vice was him making a film. Mm. And I can see I could see his his hand in every bit. If he went back to directing a film, I'd be okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Maybe fair, people were turned fair. off because he also made Holmes and Watson in the same year. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Maybe it cancels out. It uh oh my god, what a disaster that was. <laughs> All right. We Wait, I feel like yeah. another original oh, screenplay yeah. should have been for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, that was a pretty big snap. Or even like adapted, it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It did yeah. get it did get its Oscar, but uh it still didn't get its best picture, which well, I argue tooth and nail that it was yeah, the yeah. best picture. If you ever want to talk about extra categories, it feels like best voice acting should oh, be yeah. one, and that's one where Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse would excel. Also, a lot of people said that Ben Whishaw from Paddington 2 <laughs> did really, really well. He does great work. Uh, I have not seen Paddington 2, but it sounds very sweet. I recommended it on my last episode of Spoiler Alert, <laughs> like a full year ago. You did? Yeah, I, you were, I think you replaced me on this show. Yeah, uh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> Speaking of categories we think they should add, I do think that uh, motion capture should be brought in mm. because it, while it has Battle been, Angel Gal, or? well, it has been focused around Andy Serkis for quite some time, and he sort of just was the go-to. He's kind of created this whole industry of very talented people who do some very strange things to get performances, and uh, this is—I can think of nothing this year. I have not seen. Uh, the Battle Angel movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> the trailer looks shocking. It's, uh, it looks. I haven't read the comic. Yeah, I've got to. I've got to mentally prepare to watch that. But um, people are complimentary. <laughs> yeah, they're like, there. these are the biggest eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do feel that uh, they have to. They, especially technically, they've got to start adding some more things. Well, I think best stunt performer is a great place to start. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I think that's absolutely. Yeah, but now you know it's getting to the point where everything is just so animated, you know, and it's the whole thing about you know where do you put the new Lion King because that's an animated film through and through, <laughs> and yet people think it's a live action film. Yeah. So I don't know why people think the things they do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where that'll land. I don't know. Because they're kind of pitching it as a live-action film. They are. That's the idea behind it. But the Academy has some really strange rules about what can mm-hmm. apply as a animated film. Mm-hmm. Like, did yeah. either of you ever see Tower? Yeah. 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 So Tower is a rotoscope documentary about this one afternoon in 1960s Texas mm-hmm. where somebody was um, firing from a tower with a rifle mm-hmm. at just oh. passers-by. So it was a big traumatic event really focused on the victims and the people kind of dealing with it. Uh, and it was entirely animated, and they tried to get it into the animated category, and the Academy refused it for whatever kind of Byzantine rules they had. Right, because it was rotoscoped. Well, rotoscope is still animation, isn't it? Kind of, kind of yes and no. Oh. Depends, on, depends on how you do it, too. Okay, you're going to break it down for me after the show. Yeah, I can certainly talk to you about it. Okay. <sighs> we have eight minutes left. And we need to talk to James about a little movie called Skin. Oh, yes. <sighs> I have not seen it. Me neither. I and know what the short clips that I'm, we saw. It looked alarming. I have looked into it. Sonya is supposed to be here because she watched it today. Maybe she watched it and it made her sick. And some some of the things that she said were concerning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go, James. Go. So, Skin. It's by Israeli <laughs> filmmaker Guy Nativ. Uh, and before uh, the awards even came around, uh, Skin was picked up, the short, uh, mm-hmm. to be distributed by Fox Searchlight, it's, which it's was about notable. 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, about yeah. that, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there's also a feature-length adaptation that was already announced and been cast, and it's in production, too. And with all that said, it's really puzzling to know why, because it is a baffling film that is extremely upsetting to watch <laughs> and it's hard to know how much of the premise to drop here but this is spoiler alert yeah so, this is spo- so if it is a spoiler and it just won an oscar so people you gotta know yeah except that we don't know <laughs> so in oh, brief, i know <laughs> in brief this man is a is a white racist somewhere in the states and he has a family a kid and a wife and he beats up a black man in a grocery store parking lot And then later, another group of black men abduct him and spend days tattooing his skin black. Mm -hmm. And then they release him into the streets. He goes back home, but his son can't recognize him and shoots him in the back and kills him. And that's the end of the short. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's It's a really baffling piece of work. So is it poorly done? Like, is it poorly made? Or is it just that the... The text of it is not... The text of it yeah. is the problem. Okay. it's It has Hollywood actors, mm-hmm. like uh, Sonya, Sonya's, one of her favorite movies of last year, Dumpling, the lead actress from that is in this short. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, who does she play? <laughs> <laughs> and she probably fainted, and that's why she couldn't... She's the wife. <laughs> She's the wife, so. yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, and it's pretty... It's pretty smoothly done overall, but it's just that premise. It's it's really really tough to to get past it. I think I oh. I think the reason for acquisition is that there is a lot to sort of pull apart there, mm. and I can see them like jumping on it because while it is very forward or in your face, I I could see them doing a lot with it in a lot of horrible ways yeah. but uh i am not excited in any way shape or form to see this turn no. into a full-length feature oh. well it, it feels like a it feels like a comment that's disconnected from any kind of like actual yeah. lived experience or character 
And then on top of that, like it's not saying anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like, what if the white man, his son, thought he was black? Like, like that's it's, it's, it's comeuppance. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even satisfying. Comeuppance. <laughs> it's uh, really horrifying. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, it's. Oh well, God. Watch, watch at your own risk. Yeah. And all, all but one of the short films this year were about a young man or not a young man, a young boy who was either being killed or killed someone. Hmm. There's only one short this year. And a lot of people thought maybe the one short that's not about that could win. And no, it didn't. <laughs> Skin won instead. Which, uh, yeah. Well, even from the just seeing the little reel that they played, like people in the room were like, People are gas. Like, what did I just? And they gave it away. Well, they didn't. Give, well, they. I knew that they gave that quite was a bit going away. to happen because there was just a an image of a screaming man, <laughs> tattooed black, and I was like, "Where is this? And what is this? And how is this? And I don't <laughs> want it." Oh god. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. And also, their speech was very like, "Hi guys, thanks." Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember it now. <laughs> Maybe I was still. They were to very excited. Roll to things win. over in my mind. I think I was still yelling at that point. Uh, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I very distinctly heard you yeah. from behind. From behind me, just like what? <laughs> <laughs> I was yelling about that, and I was yelling about that IKEA commercial. Which <laughs> I was the only person who could explain in the room that night. I heard you explaining that too. Was the IKEA <laughs> one the the filmmakers one? Oh. No, it was the girl with the lamp, and they're talking about reused lamps. Oh, and then right. at the end, it was that Ikea guy from 10, 15 years well, ago. Yeah, it was it was expanding on an old Ikea commercial where <laughs> this lamp was sad because they bought a new lamp. And this time, they bought a light bulb for the lamp. And mm -hmm. the Ikea man's like, why don't you buy light bulbs? Yeah, the lamp's still like, good. Why like, I don't buy my light bulbs You feel Ikea? so much for the... Yeah, oh, yeah. God. That we, was that was nice to get some eyes on some commercials, which I don't get to see that often. Yeah, um, I have not watched commercials. In the that, world is full of in shampoo that long ads form for quite some time. Because, uh, you know, well, the instantness of everything now. Mm. You know, I watch what I want to watch and only that. Mm. No, no, no surrounding fluff around it. But when there's a live event like the Oscars. Then we, we all have to gather yeah. together and watch those commercials as a group. Yeah. And comment on them because the pace of the show is too difficult to talk over. Yes. <laughs> That's for you, shushy lady. Well, uh, unless you guys have a 30 second what you're watching. Um, I'm just going to say I watched uh, the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy oh, I on finished. Netflix. Um, it's really fun. It kind of. Uh, fizzles near the end, but Mary J. Blige plays a badass hitman <laughs> that is, does her own stunts, and she's so good. And then there's uh, a child actor named Aiden Gallagher, who through weird events is like suddenly a 60-year-old man stuck in a 13-year-old's body, <laughs> and he's just like this jaded alcoholic, and it's <laughs> the, a great performance, and I really enjoy him. James, you got a... Yeah, in honor of uh, the recently departed Stanley Donan, I've been watching... Clips from the Gene Kelly Sid Charisse musical It's Always Fair Weather, which I think is one of his more lovely and kind of melancholy works. So search that out if you can. There you go. Amazing. Guys, that's all the time we have. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manatuna, my co-hosts, Sean and James. And I wrote James in here twice because uh, Sonia had to leave last minute. Everyone here at CJ2R and to our listeners, the show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. My Electric is coming up right now. Bye. See you next week. Bye.